Hello and welcome to the Body Electric Podcast, episode 27, uh, featuring special guest Harley Card. Uh, my name is Nathan Hiltz and I'm your host. Welcome to the show. Um, it's, if it's your first time joining us, uh, this is a music podcast. I'm a guitarist based in Toronto, Ontario, and um, I have people hang out uh, that play jazz music, uh, mostly guitar players, but sometimes other instruments. And uh, we play a few tunes and just talk about uh, where they come from musically and what they've been working on. Um, yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to hear more podcasts, you can go to NathanHiltz.com. Um, and uh, you can also talk to me on Twitter. That's uh, Nate Hiltz, uh, N-A-T-E-H-I-L-T-Z. Okay, so enjoy the podcast. We're recording. All right. Hey, Harley, how's it going? Great. Good. Great. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Welcome to the house. Yeah. Thanks for coming to me. Of course. And uh, welcome back from tour. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How long were you away for? Um, So we did a week out west, um, three shows in uh, uh, BC on the coast, and then uh, flew to Edmonton, did Fernie. So that was like a six-day jaunt, and then came back to, everybody flew home, and Mm -hmm. then... We uh, and then this weekend we just did um, the jazz room in Waterloo and the Rex last night. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, did you encounter any uh, hippies and mountains? Oh yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fernie, you know. Yeah, there's so <laughs> yeah. many gigs out there. It's amazing. Like, yeah, you know, it's a, you can't really do the same kind of tour out here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, totally. You know, it's always yeah. heading west. You know. Yeah, I never seem to go past Montreal. Right. And jazz, you know, if you're going yeah. the other way. But. Yeah, and so you're promoting your new record. Yeah, right. I have a copy here. I'm very yeah. excited. So the the greatest invention. Yeah, yeah. Why is it called the greatest invention? Um, it's well, it was one of the like, it's it's one of the songs from the record, mm-hmm. and all this is my third album, and it's always been that sort of thing. It's like a title track becomes the 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 title of the album, and so that particular reference is to the bicycle. So, I was reading a book by Ben Irvine about yeah, called um, um, Einstein and the Art of Mindful Cycling. Oh, wow. And uh, and cycling's a bit of a theme in the band, like like David French and Matt Newton are both big bike guys. And, uh-huh. and, um, and I, so anyway, when I was working on this piece of music, I was, I was cycling a lot that summer. I was in Brooklyn, and then I was like just near Lake Huron at a cottage and mm. working on some music and riding my bike every day. So... That's sort of where the title oh, comes cool. from. Yeah. It is the greatest invention. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible yeah. how much more, you, how further you can get by yourself with it. Yeah, with that tool. Totally. And in, in the book, he was talking about that, about how well. I mean, the Einstein references. You know, I guess he did a lot of his great thinking on a bike. And mm. He was like an avid cyclist. And yeah, I mean, you're in your community. You've got all the smells, all the sensations when you're biking around. It's great for, mm. you know, for the environment and it's great for you. Mm. So yeah. Anyway. Were you on a bicycle when the, the song came to you? Um, I don't know exactly the, the sort of uh, chronology, but like basically like, you know, you're working on a riff or like you've got like, there's sort of a vamp that the A section is on mm-hmm. and it's this 5-4 thing and it seemed to sort of Mm. When I was biking around, I had it going through my head. So I was definitely working on it while I was on a bike. I don't right. know if the idea came when I was on a bike, but right. yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, well, yeah, nice, man. Um, maybe we should just start by playing a song. Yeah, great. And then, uh, do, do you want to play a tune off the record right now? or do you wanna... Why don't we play the standard Let's first? play the standard, yeah. okay, yeah. cool. All right, nice. 
Um, we were talking about uh, I Hear a Rhapsody. So Harley's going to be playing the electric guitar, by the way, and I'm playing the classical guitar today. Cool. You get that? Yeah. One,
Sounding so smooth, you know. Thank you. Yeah. Fun to play. We haven't really done this. I, don't we, think. I think we've ever played together. Yeah, like you know, we've known each so. other for years, but yeah, senior jams and stuff. And yeah, like, other than the jam, but... maybe like you know, yeah, never, never together, right? Yeah. 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 Cool. And yeah. how that can you can do that? You know? I know. Anything <laughs> yeah. about jazz? Yeah. Know? Totally. How does it feel playing the standard after coming off a tour of like doing all original music? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like you know, I guess now that I'm realizing, like we there were a few days off between. Uh, dates on the tour, and I, I did one standards gig in, in that time. So, uh, but and a, and a couple other original gigs. But um, uh, it feels great, you know. Like when you're just when you're playing every day, as you know, you just like you just the ideas are there, and you're, you're better at communicating with people. And you kind of get to the point quicker. Yeah. Of you know what it is to to do the thing, you know. So, yeah. Oh man. So yeah, touring is just so fun. Like that feels like the natural. Habitat. The few times I've done that kind of thing, I'm, I'm like, this is what it, I'm supposed to be doing. This yeah. is like the natural totally, habitat yeah, for totally. the musician. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does something to your playing. Like, I feel like there's a boost in it. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. And and the hang, you know, the camaraderie and like, yeah, yeah. like it sort of it starts, that finds its way, it finds its way into the band. So like, you know, if it's a good group of people and you yeah. know, we all get along and whatever, then that sort of adds to the music in a way that you don't get when it's like you only do a gig every six months or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hopefully you're not touring yeah. with assholes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, nothing like, uh, yeah. you know, precarious drives along the edge of mountains. Yeah. Like, to <laughs> yeah. bring a few men closer yeah, together. Exactly. Better closer together. Yeah. That's right, totally. Yeah, yeah. that's great, man. Yeah. So um, how did you get started uh, in jazz, um, uh, jazz guitar? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's funny. Um, I started as a drummer. And, uh, really? and and songwriter, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, playing in bands in high school, and and I wasn't in music in high school or even well, I mean junior high, I guess. Like you know, there's music class, but I wasn't in a, I wasn't a band guy or anything like that. I was like more into visual arts, and and uh, 
but I started playing in bands. Like music was always on my, on the, at least on my dad's side of the family. So there's, you know, I can't remember. You know, now like like you do, I teach guitar, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I don't remember a time where I didn't know an A minor chord or a C chord. Like I just, you know, when I was a little kid, I just my dad would sing me to sleep every night, and I just, I just knew chords you know yeah so like you could hear the harmony is that what you mean or like you actually or I just knew how to do it. it like it was just something you, like there was always oh, a guitar in the house and you could I would just go and pick it up and you know just from watching my dad do it all the time and hearing him and my uncles play like I always knew how to play all your campfire chords and stuff like that oh, wow. but I didn't think of myself as a guitar player and um and my dad was a drummer so he had a Ludwig kit and um I still have those drums and so I started playing in bands and, and I took some drum lessons and stuff Anyway, long story short, um, yeah, after playing in bands and like writing songs with guys for a while, I realized that, you know, I wasn't like a big practicer on the drums and the only time I was really having fun was when I was writing songs with my friends or, or like in band practice. Mm -hmm. So, and that was always involved guitar. So, so then I, at a certain point I was like, okay, well, I guess I want to get past just like power chords and open chords and see where I can mm -hmm. go. So I got a really good teacher in Ottawa, it's, uh, Dave Milliken, mm -hmm. who was, uh, at the time, he was doing like I think a lot of, um, and probably still is doing like a lot of rock and pop. But he was a very accomplished guy. Like um, went to uh, Ottawa U for either Ottawa or Carleton for a classical guitar. Oh, okay. So he's a really accomplished uh, classical guitar player. But I think most of his career has been like pop and rock and, and blues. And uh, but he was a really gifted teacher. And mm. uh, and you know uh, when I decided, oh, I think I'll maybe. You know, and my dad said, like, well, if you're going to be a musician, you should go to school and, like, get some real skills together. Mm -hmm. So um, when I decided to do that, Dave, like, gave me a real crash course in, like, music theory and reading, you know, Berkeley books and everything. And, mm -hmm. and uh, sort of, yeah, that got me up to speed so that I could go to school. But, you know, at the time, like, you know, I was listening to lots of jazz rock mm. and, like, Miles Electric and stuff. But in terms of, like, the whole tradition, I didn't really have a clue. Mm. And then... I got to Mohawk College. Well, I think the first thing was like I'd already decided. Okay, I'm gonna be a guitar player. Yeah. And then I was at a workshop that Ted Quinlan was doing, and he hipped us to West Montgomery. Cool. So it's like I'd already decided I was gonna be a guitar player, and then I found out about West Montgomery. So I had no hope after that, <laughs> right? <Yeah, laughs> it's like of no good. hope of doing anything else. Yeah, so yeah, that's wonderful. I think that's sort of. Uh, it's often a have to do thing for for jazz musicians. Yeah, you're yeah. Gonna have to do it, right or not? Yeah. That's cool. And so, um, you know, so you got, you started in like theory and that kind of thing, but so, so you came to Mohawk and then you started studying more straight ahead jazz, like transcribing and that kind of thing? Or? Yeah, exactly. I, I was studying with Joey Goldstein, Goldstein oh, for three yeah. years yeah. and uh, in first year he just would kick my ass around the room. It was awesome. Mm. Like I was scared of my lesson with Joey and that was like the best, that was exactly what I needed at the time. Right. Uh, just to learn the real discipline of like, you know, okay, you got to like, the stuff I'm giving you, you got to work on it for two hours a day, minimum, you know? Right. And so that was sort of where I got that work ethic from, mm. was Joey. And and, cool. uh, and yeah, as you know, like, well, you know, still a great faculty at Mohawk, but at the time it was, you know, all the guys that were teaching at Humber and um, so the Toronto Jesse. So it was just very infectious because these guys are all just, they knew so much about the tradition. And yeah. So it didn't take long to just be like totally immersed in it, right? And, right. And so at this stage, are you still practicing like technical type things on the guitar? Is that? Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, like I've always noticed that something about you is that you have a very easy flowing kind of technique. Like, oh, thank you. You know, and so it makes sense that you had a, a classical guitarist uh, get you going. Yeah, you know? and Joey <laughs> maybe, too, maybe. actually. Sure, you know, yeah. Because Joey, I know, 
about his uh, approach to the guitar is kind of intensive, right? So yeah, yeah. So I was wondering if that, is that still something you work on? Totally. Or? I mean, and on tour, even like like this time around, I was like, you know, I tried to I would just escape the hang or the sound check or whatever, and, and do like I like to have a warm up that I do every day. So like I mean, ideally, if I got the time, I like to be practicing and you know have some a project I'm working on or, mm -hmm. or a few. But you know, when you're busy working, whether it's teaching or playing. Um, I always, yeah, my, my ideal is to have like, you know, I've got a little warm up that I like to do. Right. And, it, you know, it's just pretty straight ahead, just like full range of the instrument, like arpeggios and scales and every interval. And, and is that a bare minimum that will get you into a place that you can perform it, you know, in the way you want to? Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's like, it's both like a physical thing. It's like, um, I heard, um, well, I, I had, I had some lessons this summer. I was the first, uh first time I'd studied in many years and uh, and uh, mostly with Peter Bernstein he was mm. yeah so we were talking about this after I yeah, just yeah. got back from New York yeah. and uh, but I had a um, one thing that I had a lesson with Mike Marino as well and oh, nice. one thing he was talking about I really liked and I really and it kind of tied into the bicycle theme too oh, really? <laughs> was he was talking about like your left and right hands and your brain being like you got to tune up the bicycle like at the beginning of the season and uh -huh. make sure everything's working and then then you go for a ride you know and right, like, right. so i think for me it's like a mental thing too it's like you know it's like an active meditation of like you know you spend if, even if it's 25 minutes it's just something that gets you going mm. and then you can go and make music and you mm. know. can you maybe demonstrate a little bit of how you yeah, sure. warm up uh, so people can maybe get a sense of what you're doing yeah so like just you know for instance like a d d triads just mm -hmm. It's more volume like. And you know, with the click usually, but uh -huh. so I go much slower, but minor. And then like, you know, either sus two or sus four, depending on how you look at it. And you've got perfect placement on every note. Like you are right at the fret, just back from the fret. Like Oh yeah? Do you ever think about that? <laughs> I think about it I, I think about it about twenty hours a week with my students. Uh, <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, like yeah, I'm constantly telling people, higher up the fret, higher up the fret. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean but I mean, there's something cool about being a bit gritty about things too. Sometimes, you yeah. know, like and oh yeah, and you know. Um, but anyway, and that's you know, and that's like for me, that's not music. It's just it's a, it's the warm up, you know. Right. And then so the scale would be like so. Um, yesterday I was doing like um, A flat pentatonic, so like. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I think that's why, you know, I mean, like, sometimes if you're working out a passage up here, you might want to play some of these notes. Yeah. But otherwise, if you're just trying to get the higher range, like, mm. I tend to just stick to the, the top two strings. Right. And then every interval of that scale. I call that the Jim Hall. Yeah. I call that the Jim Hall. That particular, yeah, that particular, yeah, 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 totally. Of fourths, yeah. And then fifths and, and whatnot. And, wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So that's um, I got that idea like years ago, hanging out with. Do you know Alexander Maximian? No. 
Um, oh, yeah, he, familiar, he would actually. have been at Humber around the yeah, time you okay. were. Yeah, yeah. Great guitar player who lives in Berlin now. Right, right. But he did some hanging with Kurt Rosenwinkel, and like Kurt was like, "Here's the here's what I do, man. I've got flashcards, and I go and every day it's a new chord symbol." Uh, and, I, and, I, and he was doing that kind of work, like just being really thorough about one chord sound. Right. And so I started doing that then because, you know, uh, Kurt was and still is a huge inspiration. So, mm. um, yeah, I sort of, anyway, so I still work on that. And then, cool. and then you know, projects, yeah, transcriptions and mm. writing nice. and, and other and things. So does your tunes that you write, do they influence the way you play, would you say? Would you say that has something to do with how you play or maybe how you play is what creates the songs? That's a good question. Um, I'm sure there's no one answer to it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, like, I guess maybe in the beginning, like, in terms of writing, like, like jazz composition, it was like, oh, you write something that you think is cool, and then you've got to learn to play it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe, but I don't know if that's what's going on now. I, I definitely, I try to write etudes sometimes, like, um, Oh, really? Yeah, like, like, um... Well, I'm working on some stuff with some students right now that are, are like, like etudes for like symmetrical scales and like just some different compositional ideas, hmm. and that are also technical ideas. Um, that's the purpose of them. But but just for my band, like for instance, like highlights on the new record was a tune that when I wrote it, I don't think I was writing for the band. I was just going like, I want to learn. I want like I really. I was listening to Peter Bernstein and like how we, when he's, I've heard of him in many situations where, he's like really swinging in five four. Like mm. playing like five four swing time with like Brian Blade or, or right, Bill right. Stewart or somebody and like yeah. and just going like oh man I want to get good at that so I tried to write that's what it, that's what it is it's a right. it's a swing tune in five four right so um, yeah yeah I often think my my best songs um, you can kind of give it uh, one sentence description and then that will tell you what the tune is you know yeah yeah like uh, that that's how I often write so yeah like a swing five four tune. Yeah, I'll Peter Bernstein. Right. Be my <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll probably go try to write that later this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. I don't know if I did it, but you know, it's sometimes it's like the aim, and then you know, yeah. it gets you in a certain direction, and then, and then your ears take you. Yeah, off yeah, and, yeah. That's great. Well, maybe we should uh, play one of your tunes. Now. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do we have here? Uh, so this is uh, another tune off the new record, and it's actually like the melodic material is based on "I Remember You." By uh, yeah. Victor Schutzinger, and uh, but it's a, yeah, it's a bossa nova hmm. kind of vibe or or blue straight eights tune. I you. <laughs> trying to see it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not so literal, but it's, yeah. but it's like it's in there. <laughs> it's in there so that's where the, that's where the title that's where the title comes from. So. Great, a distant bell. Right. <laughs> right, right. I love that lyric. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a nice lyric for sure. All right. Cool, let's do it. So like two beats and then we're in? Sure. Oh, two.
Distant bell, yeah, yeah, cool. I feel like I can understand this tune because I'm a guitar player. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It it's sounds like, that way when you play it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I well, mean, but just the way you spell the chord changes is like, oh, you're oh speaking yeah, speaking my language. I know what you right, mean. Right, right. No? Yeah, yeah, cool. It's 
kind of interesting. I think I, I put that in front of a saxophone player, and they're going to be like, twist their eyes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know? totally. Like, yeah, but no, it's just this, it's just this thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. No, there's definitely a language, right? And that's why, like, we've never played, but, the, you know, mm. like, yeah. any time I get together with any other guitar player and, mm. and play duo, duet, it's like there's that thing. There, you know, yeah. just because our lessons were always that. Yeah. Like, so, so we have a lot of experience doing that, and and, uh, yeah. and and there's the common common language. Yeah, for sure. And so, so like, um, do you teach composition at all? Like, are any of your students trying to write music as well? Yeah, like yeah. once in a while, it's uh, for sure. I mean, um, I kind of, yeah, I, I I often suggest it to people, and then and then if they seem to resonate with that, then we'll go in that direction for sure. Right. So and so, um, like, what kind of. Uh, Things you like? Are we talking like from the very beginning, like younger players, or kind of more jazz? Mm -hmm. I think yeah. Most of the um, experience I've had teaching like um, like you know um, emerging professionals or like like jazz mm. jazz guitar players mm. has not been that. But um, younger students, adult students who mm. are, are are maybe not doing music as a profession, but. Um, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, I mean, certainly, particularly with younger students, I try to encourage them to write the way that I started, which was, like, don't know what you're doing. Just right. just write something. There's no rules, you know? Mm. Like, oh. there are, you know, there's rules that we can talk about later, but for now, it's, you know, at the outset, it should just be, like, I want to make something. Yeah. That's it. Totally. That's enough. You That's know? great. I always notice, like, composition's always, like, a kind of a small part of the curriculum. It's always kind of a uh, forgotten thing. Yeah, yeah. But it could be a more central thing. I think, right. Even with very young students. You yeah, know, totally. A good thing to do. So, at first, you get them to do create free things. So, do you, what are the bounds? You, like, it has to last for 30 seconds or something like that? Sometimes. Or, like, yeah, for, I remember for a while there was a couple of years there where I was getting people to do, like, like even just, like, simple counterpunnel things, like, like activate the weakness like you know so there's like you like a two-line thing like say we're writing a duo piece and, yeah and you know it's just two single notes single note lines on the guitar and like when you're playing an active rhythm i'm playing a passive rhythm and then vice versa try to try to create balance that way and right. and again so active is uh more like more syncopated you mean or yeah or even just something as simple as like if you're playing whole notes and half notes and i'm playing eighth notes and sixteenth notes or something like uh, that you okay. know just like and then just trying to yeah, get them into thinking about um, balance and how there can be more than one voice in, in what they're writing. And, right. Um, yeah, so I, that or, yeah, I mean, certainly, and as, like, I like to give students things like um, etudes for, like, when they're learning their chords and stuff. Like, say, like, okay, I want you to come up with a chord progression that you wrote, mm. you know, using these chords that we're, we've been practicing. So it's a way to get them to, like, actually practice this you know the right. chords that they're and that makes sense though like having them actual there be a connection between the technical material that they're working on mm -hmm. and doing creative things with it i mean that's yeah that's kind of a, an interesting way to uh get this stuff into the music you know yeah yeah for sure and again it's like yeah some people respond to that and some people just want to learn songs that they like to listen to and, well yeah and then and then there's that too and that's fun too but um but yeah that's cool. for sure and uh, so, do, have you been writing, like, I guess you were saying you did songwriting before you got into jazz and stuff. So writing has been pretty consistently a part of what you've Yeah, been for sure, for sure. And did you find it takes away from your practice time? Or? Yeah, it's yeah. always it's always a hard thing, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so in that regard, I think the etude idea or, like, writing etudes can be interesting because if you're writing stuff, um, if you're writing stuff that you can't play yet, then it's, like, going to force you to 
bring the you know like working on technique or, or harmony or whatever mm. or or rhythm or whatever it is about what you're writing that is something you can't do yet mm. you know cool. Do you, do you have any practical um, advice for like, you know, my problem is that I have all these little pages of like a oh, cool. third of an idea, uh -huh. or half an idea, and then it sort of just gets to the back of the pile and then eventually gets into another <laughs> yeah, pile, totally. and then it never gets written. I have that, that problem. Do you have any process um, advice that might help uh, people with that kind of issue, or, or not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, process, I think it's different for everybody, but I think one thing that's from everybody that I talk to or study I think like it's uh, like deadlines are so good, right? Like I got this concert. We're gonna do. We're gonna arrange a bunch of music for the band for a larger ensemble, January twelfth at the Transact. Oh, okay. And, uh, so um, add a few more horns, and we're gonna. So David French and I are gonna arrange my music, but but extend the band a bit. Mm -hmm. So right there, it's like the music doesn't exist, and that's January twelfth. So here we go. Wow. We gotta you we gotta write it. it. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't know what we're going to end up with, but, you know, we've been talking about doing this project for a while, and, you know, um, it's also sort of centered around the publicity of the record and how, like, like that's the international release date for the record. So, oh, okay. So I thought, well, you know, might as well do a gig and might as well try to do something special, so. Cool. Who's, so who's going to be joining the group? Uh, um, not, a, not everyone's confirmed, but uh, it's basically my quintet, which is, it's going to be, um, uh, well... It's David French and Matt Newton um, and Dan Fortin and um, uh, Lorenzo Castelli is going to play drums. Uh, normally it's Ethan Ardelli. But, mm -hmm. uh, and then actually, yeah, Ted Crosby, who's a, a new um, new guy to town, um, mm -hmm. great uh, reeds player, great tenor player, bass mm -hmm. clarinet. Okay. And Carl Silvera is going to play trombone. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, and then... I'm, I'm hoping I'm, I'm trying to get Alexander Brown on trumpet. So, oh, um, but okay. he's not confirmed yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. We talked about it. I just don't know if he's good for the date. Right. So, um, but yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that'll be like. So now Dave and I have got to like. Well, we got to have some meetings and have some coffee and yeah. Figure out. We've already started talking about which tunes we're gonna do and how we want to approach it. We don't want to like bite off too much. Like. Right. Try to write some things to people. Give people a softball to hit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But is that in the front room or the back room? It's going to be in the front room because it just sounds this. so good. I was going to say, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That room, yeah. what is it about that room? I don't even know. It's the shape of the room. It's just the structure of the yeah. like. It's there's a lot of wood and yeah. there's carpeted floors. Yeah, and it's just the sort of the environment where you can't go there and talk to your friends. Like you're like you're yeah. going to be really. It's really awkward to go there and not just do anything but listen. Yeah, the feng shui is correct for the yeah. For that. yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. But yeah, the, it has a very interesting ceiling. If if some of our listeners had not been there, it's. It's got like a lower ceiling, maybe about 10 feet in front of the stage, and then it goes up mm -hmm. halfway through the room to yeah. about 14 feet, maybe a few feet longer. Above the bar. Yeah, yeah, and something about that, man, just makes it sound beautiful. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And it sounds great on stage, but it sounds even better when you're towards yeah. the bar, towards the back of the room. Like, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you can go in there and you can play, like, you, you can play pianimus, pianissimo. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. And it sounds really warm and great. Wow. So so. Yeah, it's a great place too. I mean, they they support so much interesting music. Yeah, it's really a totally cool joint. Yeah. You never get anybody like yeah, like it's never like you know the, a vibe that you should play a certain way or play a certain kind of music. Oh, yeah. It's so open. Totally. It's like, yeah, I've seen some yeah. crazy stuff go out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, that's great, man. 
Cool. And uh, yeah, so maybe you could talk a little bit. I mean, you do other gigs other than your own stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, you know, um, what, what's kind of your favorite? gigs to do I mean obviously you must love playing your own music but uh. yeah I also love playing my friends music that they write when I get a chance to do that and and um, um, and I love I love playing standards you know? yeah I do a lot of standards gigs and well I mean I as much as anybody I guess a lot is relative but um, I, I work on it you know I like to <laughs> learn tunes and lately I, in the last couple of years I haven't been learning a lot of new tunes I kind of got a list. It's like what you're talking about with, with you know, you've got a pile and you're yeah. trying to get to it. But uh, but what I have been doing is trying to get deeper into the repertoire that I do have and, and mm. just try to take it out for a walk more often. And I'm doing a thing um, uh, as a leader. I'm doing um, a residency this month at Alchemy on college. So it's the old Fat City Blues oh, yeah. at okay. 890 College. And um, and that's a, yeah, it's a standards gig. We're just showing up calling tunes. And... Okay. Um, and I've got different special guests every week. So this week it's Rebecca Hennessy and Lauren Falls and myself. So, oh, that'll be nice. So Wednesdays through November 7.30 to 11. Oh, okay. Yeah. And well, that's a good sounding room. I played last week, it was Chris Gale, Chris Banks and myself. And uh, we were like, oh yeah, like it's a lot of wood in there. They got a, a decent uh, upright piano now. And, oh, okay. And, uh, not that we were using it that night, but right, right. Um, the first week Amanda was on it. Amanda Tozov and uh, Jeff McLeod's on one of the weeks coming up. I'm not sure if that's next week. Or oh, that's great. Week that's great. And uh, you have a website uh, where people can find more yeah. information about you? What's yeah, the, it's uh, harleycard.ca. Okay, mm -hmm. great. And um, that's awesome. So um, I guess we're going to play a tune from the record yeah. now, an actual cut. I'm going to find a way to edit that into this podcast. So what, what are we going to hear? Well, since we were talking about The Greatest Invention, the title track, you might as well play that one. That's, All right. It's how the, the record begins. So That's great. Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks a lot, Nathan. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Super fun. It's a real pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sound really good. Let's do some more playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All the best with the new record. Thank you. you know? yeah. All right.